Welcome to the Rediscovering Your Creative Self podcast, where you get a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation for your creative practice. Word and image. I'd like to talk about how words affect images, specifically in your art, when it comes to writing about your art and giving your art a title. So let's look at or explore each separately. The power of the word alone is amazing. When you read a book, you are imagining the most perfect landscape, the perfect characters, the heroine, you know, the evil person. You hear their voices. You see what they look like especially if it's not given away on a cover, you know, if the cover is just text or more abstract. But you see in your mind the perfect scenarios for you. The same thing if you take a picture and you show it to a group of people or just one-on-one and you ask somebody, tell me a story with this picture. And the picture might have a simple scene in it, maybe a couple of characters. And that person will tell a story most of the time pulling something from their past or their experiences. It's usually how it is. We always think in terms of ourselves and how we experience things. Another thing I want to uh, kind of bring uh, to light is how Word and image aren't the only things that have kind of a reciprocal relationship. In film, music and moving pictures have a relationship. So there's no even words there, okay? If I gave you a scene, for instance, a woman walks in the kitchen, opens the refrigerator, end of scene. You might look at that and say, maybe she's got the munchies at night. You know, I mean, you're going to come up with all kinds of different things of what that scene is. So let's change that scene. Keeping the same visual, okay? Keeping the same scene, but we're going to make a change to how you experience that scene. And only thing we're going to do is we're going to add sound. Let's add some scary sound. Now that scene of that woman opening the refrigerator is now like, oh my goodness, what's going to come out of that refrigerator? Is there somebody going to come behind her in the refrigerator? We are on pins and needles. Okay. Let's change it again. Instead of scary music, we're going to have fun kind of whimsical, you know, music to it. And now we're thinking, are we going to see something funny coming in that refrigerator Is it going to be like they open the refrigerator and we've got like, you know, food that's, you know, growing its own landscape on the food, you know, something funny. So music alters our experience of that scene. And that's the same kind of relationship that word and image have. So if we are an artist and we have a title to our painting, that title, that title dictates or at least opens the door or guides the viewer 
in a direction. And so when we title things, it is my um, kind of experience that if you title something that also adds to the message or the purpose of the work itself, it can be stronger. I mean, interesting enough, even a untitled painting actually has a title called Untitled. Something untitled means start at your own point, start at your own point of departure. That's kind of that directive to the viewer. But when we give a title to our painting, it's so much different because now the artist is guiding like a designer does when we um, uh, have design spaces, for instance, like design spaces in a store where we want the the person to interact with that space and be guided through that space. They call it wayfinding. We're guiding the viewer through exploring with their eyes our painting and finding meaning because that's what words do. They help us to find or connect to meaning because most people are word-based, more left-brained, because that's how we've been educated for most of our lives is to communicate with language. It's very strong. And so we give words to our pictures as guides. They don't have to be, you know, so explicit. You know, they, they can be symbolic. They can be thought provoking. Okay. And they can be an interesting play with words. If you look at films like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, what an interesting title, right? It's kind of a really interesting play on words. It brings in all kinds of social, uh, you know, meanings that have adopted over time and, and other things. It's not a regurgitation of what the movie's about, and it doesn't need to be. And in my opinion, shouldn't be. So when you're working on your pieces, okay, and I know it's a lot of work. You work on a painting, you might spend a month, even longer on a piece. The last thing you want to think about, oh no, I have to come up with a title. Try to think about titles as an ongoing part of your process. So it's not like the afterthought, but it's part of it. It's part of the process. As you're working on it and painting it, you are discovering what that piece is more fully about. More fully about comes over time, over strokes, overthinking about it, you know, understanding better what your concept of not only that piece is, but what your overall body of work is about. Okay. So title and piece, word and image are both things that we can use from a power position. In other words, we can use them with purpose. We can use words that have some meaning and power that's strong and that helps elevate the work and the message as a whole. One of the things that I do as an artist is I'm always thinking about titles because I've got 
so many things that I write. Even this podcast has a title, okay? Um, the uh, Navigating the Labyrinth of the Creative Mind Patreon page that I have has a title. It's all related to something. It's a play on words. My articles have titles. The books have titles. Something is in that title that gives a slant to the work. It's not utilitarian. And I think those things make whatever it is you're doing more interesting. It adds. So what I do as an artist is write from conception and all the way through my ideation process. Um, if I'm doing research, there's words and things that I find and I just write them down because, you know, when you throw out a bunch of things to your brain, it kind of goes through its little, its, its little mixing process, like we're making an interesting soup or a sauce. It goes through this process and till we get just the right flavor, right? That's when we know we got it. That's when we know we have something worth sharing and inviting people to the table. We don't just throw a bunch of ingredients down, right? When we're making a sauce or a soup or a meal and just throw them all in and just like, well, okay, everybody, here you go, eat it, you know? We want to make it just right our sauce, our flavor, just the right amount of everything. And then we release it to the universe. We release it. We invite people to our table, our way of thinking. And I think that's the interesting relationship about artist and the viewer is there is a dialogue there. There's an exchange. There's a sharing. We provide another way of looking at the world, another way of tasting, okay, um, the world as, as I was just talking about in that other food analogy. And your way that you write about your work is a whole nother part of that process. The more you journal about the work you do, the more you discover who you are as an artist, what is uniquely you, the things that you like, the things you don't like, the things you want to continue, the things you don't want to continue. You are better to write about your art. You will be better speaking about your art the more that you're in tuned with your art. You know, as an author and as a writer who's profiled many people, there are only a small handful of people that I have interviewed who are almost instantly quotable. And what do I mean by that? Many artists, I will sit down, I'll interview them, and it's a really long time before I kind of get to the gem of what it is they do and what they're about. And I'm taking parts of sentences that they talked about maybe in the beginning, some in the middle, some in the end, and try to make a perfect quote from that, you know, from those words. And when I'm working or interviewing people who do a lot of writing, they're writers, they're speakers, they're almost instantly quotable because they've done a lot of hours and a lot of time flushing things out, writing about things, saying it, 
having people respond. When you write, people respond. People have things to say. And you rethink, not because what you said was wrong, but you see how it's being communicated. And you shift because you want to make sure the communication is clear. So that being said, the more you write about yourself, even if it's not in a public way, so in other words, you're not a writer and you're not a, a public speaker, but if you write in your journal those things, you will become more attuned because you course correct, because you reread what you wrote maybe a month, two months, a year later. You change constantly. You know more about what you like and who you are. The more you become comfortable and moving in that direction, the more decisions you make. You know, the interesting thing about painting and knowing yourself is when artists first start to paint, they're indecisive. They don't want to make a mistake. So it takes longer. But the more practice that you do, the more that you do, you're decisive. There's no hesitation. You put it down, and that's what makes it important. And that's what makes um, an image more truly what you're all about, because you aren't hesitating. You know and feel more confident about what it is you are doing and about what it is that you are saying about your art. And that confidence is what comes through in the end. The confidence is what makes something, or excuse me, somebody more instantly quotable because there's no hesitation. There's no kind of rethinking certain things. Feel confident. They know it. And there's many things that you know about yourself that you are very confident in being able to say about yourself. And art comes to that point too. The difference is, is that we've spent more time resolving those other things in our life and less time getting to know who we are as a creative being. So the more you do that, the more you're going to be able to flush out the more you're going to be able to put in words, the right words, the more descriptive, edited down, no extraneous things for distraction, the power words that best describe your work, yourself, and a painting you just created. So with that, I'd like you to think about this week how you can look at your work and make titling your work a more active part, if it isn't already, of your creative practice. To use words with strength, use words in a way that uplifts the overall messages of the things you're creating. And maybe there's even a connection between all of those paintings. Maybe it's in a series and the words and the titles become connected as well. So it doesn't become an afterthought, you know, okay, painting's done. Ugh, what am I going to call this? You know, landscape in blue, you know, which can be interesting if you, 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 you have a reason for it. But titles and words and images 
together can be extremely powerful. So with that, I hope you have a fantastic week. And as always, create from the heart. This audio series is part of my Navigating the Labyrinth of the Creative Mind Patreon endeavor. The site uniquely intermixes self-reflection and personal storytelling with exploratory mixed-media techniques and expressive approaches to art making, elevating the creative consciousness and guiding each person on his or her own path to discovering the creative spark that resides within. Check us out at www.patreon.com slash Lisa L. Sear, and that's spelled C-Y-R.